Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Population collapse is uh, one of the biggest threats to the future of human civilization. And that is what is going on right now. I'm trying to set a good example because the birth rate on Earth is so low that we're facing civilizational collapse unless the birth rate uh, uh, returns to a a sustainable level. I've thought for at least 10 years that the biggest problem in 50 years will be that there's just not enough people. We might be living on Earth right now at a time with the most number of humans that are ever going to exist at one time ever. Yeah, that's highly probable. And you know, and the, the population collapse in developed countries is precipitous, right? It's like it fall, we fall off a cliff. I worked on a UN committee, about, it's got to be 10 years ago now, um, to help draft the UN Secretary General's report on sustainable economic development. And so I looked at all sorts of things like that. I was very curious, for example, about, because people have been beating the overpopulation drum since, well, it really kicked in in the 1960s, you know, because there were dire predictions. By the year 2000, the Club of Rome came out and said, well, there'll be riots and mass starvation and mass movement of, of migrants and all the things you hear about climate change because there's too many people on the planet. And that just didn't happen at all. That was just, that it wasn't just wrong. It was anti-true. It was absolutely wrong. And so I looked at population trends and first of all found, not that this is, an act of genius or anything that as soon as you educate women the size of family shrinks precipitously like below replacement and that's partly because women have other options all the countries in the west are way below replacement korea's way below replacement south korea japan way below replacement i think nigeria will have more people in it than china by the end of the century and musk you know he's a far looking man and so he's looking around the apocalyptic corner let's say Like, uh-oh, we're running out of people. And what that means, of course, is that you run out of young people, right? You don't run out of old people first because everyone who is here now is going to be 30 years older in 30 years. And it'll be young people we don't have enough of. And, of course, young people are the ones who do the innovation and are going to do most of the heavy lifting, etc. And so there's going to be a terrible shortage of young people. Well, you see this with some of the things that I posted, the, that ONS data, the 50.1% of women childless by 30 and both men and women are replying to that tweet saying well good there's too many people on the planet this idea that the planet has too many people on it this is there's no sentiment more implicitly genocidal than that statement so what do you mean too many people exactly and what do you mean the planet and what do you propose to do about that exactly mass abortion is that your answer or should we do something a little more dramatic 
Maybe we'll just shame people out of having children. And I've seen people do that, literally. I saw a professor when I was at a... There was a number of professors talking to a couple hundred students. And one of the professors who was an environmentalist activist type, and he got up on stage and shook his finger to the whole young crowd saying that him and his wife had only decided to have one child, which was, in my opinion, one child too many for him. Mm-hmm. And told all the young people there if they had a shred of ethical decency that they would severely limit their reproductive potential. And I stood up and said that I thought that that was one of the most appalling things I'd ever heard anyone in academia say to young people, which is really saying something because they say plenty of appalling things. And it was a very uncomfortable moment and he huffed off the stage. But, you know, in a frenzy talking about how you couldn't talk about such things without being pilloried on ethical grounds. And yeah, that's for sure. It was just beyond comprehension it's beyond comprehension but it's associated with like a deeply rooted existential self-hatred I mean, and, and I mean hatred at the level of humanity is like a virus on the planet that we're a cancerous growth we know where your heart is located because what's what's the implications for, for a doctrine like that what do you do with the cancer cut it out yeah, that's for sure. Poison it or whatever, whatever. There's nothing you don't do to a cancer. So are you going to use a metaphor like that? There's too many people on the planet. You're going to use a metaphor like that, you know, and then you're going to, you're going to also decide that you're virtuous while you're using it because you're on the side of the planet, whatever the hell that means. So yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And a huge part of it's rooted in this existential shame and horror at the condition of being human and the fact that life is rife with suffering and a lot of it's unjustified and you know it's a mephistophelian position so mephistopheles was laid out portrayed in Goethe's faust um that's the story of a man who sold his soul to the devil for knowledge it's a story of intellectual pride and Goethe stands in relationship to German literature in the same manner that Shakespeare stands in relationship to English literature. And Goethe's Mephistopheles says straight out twice in, in the play, once in the first, there's two books, and once in the first book and once in the second, Goethe has him restated twice. Existence is such a foul thing because of all its suffering, essentially, that it would be better if it was merely anna- annihilated. And that's the Mephistophelian stance. This whole show should just come to a halt. Look at how corrupt people are. Evil reigns everywhere. It's nothing but will to power. We're destroying the planet um, with our unchecked ambition, all of it rooted in greed and, and, and Machiavellianism and jockeying for position. And we're so contemptible that we should just roll up and die. And we should shame women into not having children. And we should shame men so they never manifest any planet-destroying ambition and it's it's unbelievably appalling. It goes all the way down to the bottom, the bottom of things. That's what's tearing our culture apart, this dispute about the nature of existence at the most fundamental level. And we have to be smart about our resources, but that doesn't mean they're zero-sum. And certainly doesn't mean the world is a zero-sum game. And that's a Malthusian idea, you know, that population will grow till it consumes all available resources and precipitously collapse. And then why do we think apocalyptically? It's, well, because things do come to sudden ends. People die, people get fatal illnesses, like the world you so carefully constructed can be blown apart at any moment by a random occurrence, genetic mutation that causes the cancer that kills you. Like life has a, like life has a fundamentally apocalyptic aspect. 
And we do understand that because we're self-conscious. And then it's very difficult not to apply that kind of apocalyptic reasoning to things as such. The world's going to burn up. The climate's too hot. What about runaway positive feedback loops? Because that's what the climate types are afraid of. It's like, hey, they happen. How do we bind our apocalyptic thinking? That's a good question, man. That's a good question. We do that through truth. We do that with the truth. That's how we do it. Through dialogue, through investigation, through exploration, through discipline, all of that. The Logos is the antidote to the apocalypse. And so what does that mean? Well, love and truth is the antidote to the apocalypse. Not the planet has too many people on it. I'll try to say a good example, because the birth rate on Earth is so low that we're facing civilizational collapse unless the birth rate returns to a sustainable level. Yeah, you've talked about this a lot, that depopulation is a big problem, and people don't understand Population collapse is uh, one of the biggest threats to the future of human civilization, and that is what is going on right now. What, what drives you on a day-to-day basis to do what you do? I guess, the, like, I, I, I really want to make sure that there is a good future for humanity um, and that we're on a path to understanding the nature of the universe, um, the meaning of life, why are we here, how do we get here. Um, and in order to understand the nature of the universe and all these fundamental questions, um, we must expand the scope and scale of consciousness uh, Certainly, it must not diminish or go out. We, we, we certainly we won't understand this. I would say I'm motivated by curiosity more than anything, um, and uh, just a desire to think about the future and not be sad. You know, and um, and and are you? Are you not sad? I'm sometimes sad, but I, I mostly I'm I'm I mean I'm feeling I guess relatively optimistic about the future these days. Um, there are certainly. Um, some big risks that humanity faces. Uh, I think the, the population collapse is a really big deal that um, I wish more people would would, would think about because um, the, the birth rate is far below as, uh, what's needed to sustain civilization at its, current, at its current level. It's important to take whatever actions we can think of to address the existential risks that affect the, the future of, of consciousness. There's a, there's a whole generation coming through who seem really sad about the future. What would you say to them? Well, I think if you want the future to be good, you must make it so. Take action to make it good, and it will be.